I am celebrating why I celebrate it and how I've celebrated this month. I missed you guys last Sunday. I traveled to Nyeri with a few friends of mine who were about four in Nyeri, but three of us turned, we share a birthday, birthday week rather, two days apart, and we have been praying together nearly 20 years now. I think it's 18, this should be 18, 19 years. As a group, we are 10 of us, but the three of us share sort of the week. And we had such a great time in prayer. I think one of the things I love about this season that I never used to recognize is that it also allows me to consecrate, to see the goodness of God. At 14, I wailed for Jesus. It was not a prayer. It was a lamentation. That was no prayer. Then Apple 43, I said, you know what? I am greatly blessed highly favored and beloved child of the Lord. I tell you, I know that without a doubt. How I know is because I spend time in prayer. I spend so much time in prayer that I have encountered God and he has affirmed me in that space more than any other space. And that is a prayer that I pray for each one of you, that you would spend so much time in prayer that you'll be no doubt, no matter what's happening, that you're greatly blessed, that you're highly favored, and you're the beloved child of God. Watch are all other titles. Your beloved child? Yesterday we spent the whole day in prayer with Pastor Angie. In KCC, we chokered, but we spent the whole day we're in prayer mode. It was a prayer meeting and we prayed. It's through her birthdays today. So that's what we love to do. That's what has morphed for us around we pray all the time, but around our birthday, we feel this urge. And so even in the week, if you called me, I can assure you, how are you going to niombe? Zoom call, omba kwanza. Omba kwanza. So, I mean, I praise everything. Amen? That is my prayer for you. That you would Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we want to come before you this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. I want to say, Father, Lord, as you have fathered me this far, that as I stand here without any doubt that I'm greatly blessed, that I'm highly favored, and I am your beloved child, Father, I pray, and I speak this word over everyone listening to me right now. Father, I pray that their desire will be to spend time with you in prayer. That that release that you gave me, the desire to be spending time in prayer. Father, I speak it over everyone here, O Jehovah God. May they thirst for you in prayer. May they seek you in prayer. May this church be known of being prayerful. Not as an act. They don't need to show anybody. But in their secret place, there will be evidence of the fruitness of their secret place in prayer in their lives, in how they carry themselves, in their words, O oh Jehovah God. Father, that the joy they find when they pray is what they will give to others, O oh Jehovah God. The love that you affirm them with is what they will share out. So, Father, I pray this day. Father, I pray that the spirit of prayer, the anointing, the gift that prayer is, that will be released in each one of them. Father, it will be such a deep hunger and thirst. They will find time. They will seek it. Because they know in that place, O Jehovah God, they can flow. They can come out and become who that you have called them to be. So Father, may everyone in this church Walk in the grounded fact and truth that you are with them, that you love them, that they are favored by you, and that they are greatly blessed. Father, would you see them? Father, we bless your name this morning. And we say, Jehovah King, that this church will be known of being that that spent time in prayer, that love to be in prayer, 
whether it's alone or in community. Our posture is of prayer. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. All right, Does refuse to start. Yeah. So thank you for the love. I appreciate it very much, very, very much. Every word was a prayer. Nearly receive Vizuri Sana. Samutahi, it's good to see you. Nimekuona, karibu sana kanisa. Yeah, I'm finding the flow of where to start the sermon. Let me first even celebrate some people. Do you know we are doing Mizizi currently? And it's being done by Fearless Institute participants. We've got three fearless ladies taking people through Mizizi. Moja mejitambua, Deb, stafadhali, si mama, Then there's Jane. Where's Jane seated? Jane Ulihama. I'm looking at my pastor. Where are you? <laughs> there is Jane Aor and of course Nungari. These three ladies are doing the fearless leadership training the whole year. While it's structured for church planting, it does allow you to know how even in your marketplace, how to be a DG, how to lead a group and just move you to the next level. And they've been leading a Mizizi um, experience for us this year at South, and I know they'll do another one somewhere in September as they come to finish the year. And I just want to celebrate you guys. You have done well. Uh, they're on their fifth week. Let's just celebrate them. It's good when people have given of their time and effort. They had a whole half day of prayer at Akina Debs. Suji Jones, Aliweko Wapi, and the boys. But they had the prayer time there, so they give of themselves very mightily. So when you sign up, they are willing to take us again to do another season in September. I believe they are willing. <laughs> yes? But I believe they are willing. Amen? Amen. So we have been going through a series called Mythbusters, Busting Popular Myths About Christianity. We began with the myth that a Christian is a person who goes to church and does good things. And learned that instead, a Christian is one who has fully surrendered their life to God's rule and leadership. Last week's myth was all evil and suffering in the world proves there is no God. And we saw that evil, rather than pointing us to the absence of God, actually shows us that the reason is the reason why we need God. And in case you miss them, even for our visitors, we have a podcast, Mavuno South podcast, where all our sermons are uploaded every Monday. So today we want to look at another common belief, which is that all religions are basically the same. So many of us believe this to be true. And we have believed at some point, I was a believer, that all religions are basically different paths up the same mountain, trying to achieve the same thing and the conclusion being that it doesn't really matter which one you believe. We're all headed the same. You've had that one. And then normally it does make sense because I'm in the middle of an argument. It's easily for you to say, Sao, I understand, and you back off. And as today as we unpack this myth, let me say, I have no intention to offend anybody. This sermon is not meant to offend anyone. If you're... You have practiced before. Sijakuita shakahola somewhere. Sawa. If your loved one is still practicing, I am not intending to offend. Just allow the Lord to minister to you without the mind of offense. Don't get defensive, but just open your mind to grow in faith. Amen? Amen? Good stuff. Now, one of the big problems many people today have with Christianity is a claim that Jesus is the only way to be made right with God. Isn't that normally the argument? It is normally the argument. And normally it's a problem as many see it as being unfair. The question of what happens to people who have never heard of Jesus, people born in a place where they never had the opportunity. Isn't it unfair to say that they have no chance to be right with God simply by accident of birth? 
The other thing is that it makes Christians look arrogant. How can you say Christianity is the only path to a full spiritual life? What about people raised in other religions? Are all Jews, Muslim, and Buddhists doomed to hell? Isn't this like saying, my tribe is better than yours? Isn't this the thoughts that take us to wars of religiosity? Then there's other argument, Christians are naive. I mean, in this generation, most of us are cosmopolitan. We have friends who are Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, atheist, and it sounds very naive to say, we have the truth and you don't. You know, it's like kids saying, my dad is stronger than you. So many have concluded, it doesn't matter what you believe so long as it works for you. So the real question people are asking is, how can you think that you're always right and everyone else is always wrong? Do you really expect me to believe that Jesus is the only way? Normally, that's the argument. True? Like truly, Jesus is the only way. So first of all, let's begin by considering some things we believe that makes us humans as unique, that we all agree with. We say uh, humans are intelligent, and that's for sure. But so are many other animals. I mean, it's true we are intelligent, even more than maybe animals, but so are other animals. You know, I saw a video of a monkey. Well, the big ones. Are they still monkeys? So there was a zoo and a glass, your, your tribe. And then the, the, a parent was showing their child, oh, look, 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 the glass. The monkey on the other end, it must be baboon, chimpanzee, because it was really big, went and then came back with their own child and started showing, pointing. I mean, it's a video, I'm like, isn't that intelligence? Like, you show me yours, I can show you mine. And we say we are the intelligent one. I mean, there is affection. We say the unique thing about it is that we are affectionate, which is very true. But we have also seen animals express genuine affection. My, one of my dogs, when my youngest son leaves, my ward, he looks like she looks like she's dying. She will say at the door, whimper the whole day, where is my person? And when he walks in, Hush. nobody receives like that. Don't even look at your partner. They don't receive you the same way. In fact, maybe they're more affectionate than human beings. We say humans are, have purpose. But so do animals. Wild beasts knows when to migrate. Isn't it? We have seen the formation of some certain birds. I forget the name. When they are moving from, they form a formation. What are they? Cardinal grace, isn't it? They actually, I mean, they have purpose. They know it's our season in Asia. We need to go here. So we cannot say we are the only ones who have purpose. Then we say, but we are, only human beings make choices. The rest are do what they need to do. That one I can tell you for free is not true. My dogs, I try to give them, when I push dog rice, they're like, we ain't touching that. They want a car rice. I'm like, who gave you a choice? Even I can tell my children need it by force. The dogs will not touch it. They'll starve. Try giving them more money. We ate it ourselves. Pastor Benson came to us and said, they are not for locals. He says him, he knows Simba. He's not here. I talk about him. He sends his salams. The wife is like, wait, wait. I'm like, take notes. He had a job trip. He's in Zambia. Yes, 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 he's in Zambia. Now, the one exclusive answer to the question, what makes human beings unique that we can all agree on is religion. Is what? You will never find a monkey, no matter how bright, building an altar of worship. Right? Any animal given enough food, healthy conditions, space, and opportunity to reproduce will be completely content, not true for humans. When left to ourselves, we'll inevitably develop some form of religious rituals or a practice. The need for religion in some form is a universal phenomenon. I believe we can agree that religion is what sets us apart from humans. 
as human beings. Is that true? I believe it's religion. I mean, when you look at the others, we are sharing them. But I'm yet to see my dogs pray, though we have forced them, and they still look at us to join family prayers. <laughs> a definition of religion is a system of attitudes, beliefs, and practices through which humans search for a supreme being or some higher reality that will help them control the unknown and give ultimate meaning to life. Let me read it slowly. Is it projected? Yes, I asked because I knew I would read like a machine. It's a system of attitudes, beliefs, and practices through which humans search for a supreme being or some higher reality that will help us control the unknown and give ultimate meaning to our life. So according to this definition, even the most sophisticated atheist is actually practicing some kind of religion when he declares there is no God. Because this person is saying that because they have not experienced or perceived God, God cannot exist. In just declaring that, that they their ability to know or perceive that there is something else is a test. So it's also saying it's a faith testament for them because they're already entertaining the thought, I mean, there's no God how can you explain this? Because they are looking for an experience in order to explain God. So even atheists are still practicing a form of religion. So just like any religion, it's an attempt by human beings to exercise control over what is unknown and to give ultimate meaning to life. Every practice. Interestingly, all our cultures and religions in their search for ultimate meaning have come up with very similar solutions. From the ancient cultures of China, uh, Babylonians, the Mayan in Latin America, Islam, Christianity, Hinduism, Scientology, Zingin and Liske, I've never heard. I heard of Baha'ism. Let me leave those ones. I know Rastafarianism at least. Nani anajua Rastafarianism? Who have I offended? Hmm? Atheism, you name it. There are so many. I even saw one called Taoism. T-A-O-I-S-M. Because I've ever heard of them. Oh, you have? Phyllis, did you meet? Educate me. Shintoism. Am I saying right? Shintoism. At who? Animism. We. Okay. They are quite a number. We, but all of them seem to agree on the basics of what is ideal human behavior should look like. All of them, there's a commonality with all of them that not to harm others. You know, like a golden rule, don't do harm. There's honor their parents and be kind to your brothers, sisters, children, and the elderly. They all seem to be in agreement. Do not steal or lie. We're in agreement. Care for the less fortunate. I mean, nearly all those religions have a charity thing going on. Are we in agreement? If you Google, you'll find nearly all of them are actually doing. Even the atheists have a charity. You'll find, but we give in the name of whoever they give in. So this shows we generally agree on what is right and what is wrong. Now, all world religions also agree on one other important thing that the world isn't working as it should. All of them are trying to solve a problem. People aren't living as they should. That's why all these rituals are meant to evoke, bring something, some peace, some sanity. You know, we're all in agreement. We know right, but are prone to do wrong. The activities of religion are all an attempt to restore an ideal state of living. They are meant to resolve the problem of why we do wrong. Whether you call it salvation, nirvana. Hey, thanks, Davey. The volume sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's back up. I, I did I spend the whole day praying yesterday? I didn't know. I was going to low energy. <laughs> we'll get through this sermon today. So whether you call it salvation, nirvana, enlightenment, or just happiness, we are all thirsty looking for something that we know we don't have. And so to those who argue that all religions are the same, in that we are searching, seeking, 
the same thing, it's actually true. Do you believe me? Now, it's actually that we are all searching and seeking the same thing. And this, by the way, includes the Christian religion. I learned that in Jerusalem, the most religious city in the world, at the Church of the Resurrection, you find thousands of Christian pilgrims praying with fervor as they file into the church. Then next to them is the Dome of the Rock, Islam's second holiest site, where hundreds of kneel Muslims are kneeling, praying also fervently, like the Christians. After cause of them, they have washed their bodies. You enter prayer, oh, for 30 prayers. Me, because I'm in the gown, I apologize, Jesus. I have just stepped out of bed. Let me tell you, in Mabuna South Network, if you know I joined prayers, only Pastor Grace. Hey, you agree? Rosie, you have seen. Rosie don't even put camera. Rosie hides. I don't know what's on her head. But, eh, uh, no, she's talking. Mm. Tuliambiwa on Father's Day to pay me stockings. So the Muslims are after washing their bodies in ritual fashion at the water taps around the mosque. They are wailing the same way as the Christians. Just down the hill, I hear there's a wailing wall. I need to go to Israel. Judaism holiest site where thousands of Jewish pilgrims and worshippers also are rocking back and forth. Really hard at it. I hear it looks really painful. But the interesting thing is that passion and sincerity are all the same at all these sites. They are all feeling the same favor. They are all in passion. A case of a thousand well-meaning people, you and I, working hard to con gain control over the unknown. Even in Acts, Peter encountered the same, as we read. Then he told them, let me introduce you to this unknown God. Even them, they were hard in prayer. Doesn't it all sound like hard work? It's all hard work. And every phlegmatic said, yeah, yeah, yeah. when will we sleep? Anyway, today in the midst of all this, I would like us to focus on some counter-religious words that Jesus used in the book of Matthew. We'll start with the book of Matthew. Matthew 11, 28 uh, verse 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, I'll ask, as I always say, note the Bible verses we use in the week spent time in prayer, connected with the sermon, and ask for your own revelation, more revelation, deeper. If you find one, send a message. I also want to grow. Amen? So don't leave the Bible verses here. The word of God is amazing. And we have said we must be in the word for ourselves even as we teach it from here. The Bible teaches that the source of our thirst and the need for religions comes from the fact that we were created for relationship with God. But then human beings rebelled, and we talked about that before, and the relationship with God, which was what we were created for, was destroyed. The rest of human history has been about an attempt to restore the ideal state of this relationship back to what it was supposed to be. That is just the point of all religious activity. is a desire to reconnect back to God. Everyone else, the other religious say to a God, but it's a desire to connect back because we all feel there's an emptiness. It's a desire to get an answer, what, what can I do to restore things to what they should be? It's a solution to the emptiness that is within us. So whether it is saying the usual words we, we love to say which are proper for us, praise Jesus, Hare Krishna, Allahu Akbar, I'm watching Jack Ryan. How guys are watching Jack? You know me, I like Jack Ryan's Tom Clancy. June, uh, June feels it. June is my serious person. So we are in Jack Ryan, we are dealing with terrorists. So I'll hack by So whether he's wearing specific clothes, dark suits, 
long pleated skirts, kanzu or hijab. So whether it's going to the right places, whether it's a mosque, a church, a shrine, a temple, the right actions, the fasting, saying the rosary correctly, bound face in a certain direction, going for piggly, pig, pig. <laughs> Thank you very much. Having a bindi on your forehead, it's about what we can do. So these things are not necessarily bad, and we agree. Even as Christians, some we do to emulate what Jesus asked us to do. As his disciples, we follow in his footsteps, isn't it? So they are essential in our journey of faith. But there are several problems with the approach religion takes, even with these practices. Now, problem number one is that it's hard to sustain. If that's the only thing you're doing, is that you want to tick a box. I did... 4.30, surely my relationship with you, after 5.31, you must be feeling my relationship in Jesus to go. If it is that you had, we are fasting, and that's all you do. But nothing else in your life. You're just taking, after Kishamaza 5.31, you left it there. You're on the one on the road, screaming and saying some words. Robert Miano Akwangivo, I didn't look at you, I know, I'm joking. I'm just saying then you have packed Jesus. So they are religious. We have made them religious acts where they were meant for something else. So they are hard to sustain because of that. Many of us struggle with the fact that knowing what is right doesn't change us. That's what I'm saying. So we are bound to fail over and over. Religion might give a feeling of satisfaction when you're doing it, but it's a temporary fix. And one has to keep doing certain things over and over and over in order to please God or quench our inner thirst. The truth is religiosity, even Christian religiosity, doesn't cause lasting sustainable change because one is relying on their strength, on what can I do. What can I? The second problem is that it gives no guarantee. No religion gives any guarantees because it can't. There's no religion that gives a guarantee. Because it's based on your effort, and we know. Each one of us, we are human beings who are very imperfect. If you work really hard at this, and if you don't sleep up, you'll attain salvation or happiness. But there are no such guarantees. Then you're back to square one, and the cycle goes on and on and on. Somebody said that we needed to keep getting saved every time you make a mistake. Problem number three, it doesn't satisfy. It can preoccupy you with activities that do not deal with the hunger inside. It promises restoration, but it can end up keeping you so busy that lead to conformity to what people think you should be. You end up being fake. You have a mask around your people. So it really stops you from being real, authentic. There's no inner transformation at all. So here is the real truth. We know we need something, but nothing we can do can deliver it. True? We all know we need something, but what we need something, but nothing we can do by our own effort will not deliver it. So all of humanity's attempts to come back to God haven't worked. We don't have what it takes to sustain it. Now, what if tables were turned? And instead of imperfect humans trying to reach out to a perfect God, the almighty God is the one who chooses to reach out and restore relationship with human beings. What if God intervened in history and said, you'll never be able to do this? We, have all, we, we talked about the kingdom and we have talked about creation. Imagine at that point, what if God just knew you'd never be able to come to me? You don't have what it takes. So let me do it for you. Let's find out how he did this. Because that's actually what happens when Jesus stepped in. In the book of Matthew, we find, come to me who you are tired out and I'll give you rest. If you are tired of religion, of trying to do it on your own strength, then this invite is for you. Jesus said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. 
he's saying what you're doing is inadequate. You don't have what it takes to make you ac yourself acceptable to God. It wasn't meant to be this hard. To be restored back to God wasn't meant to be that hard. You don't need religion. What you need is relationship. What is Jesus saying? When he says, come to me, my burden is easy. What is he inviting us to? He's inviting us into a, a relationship. You don't need religion. What you need is relationship. When you surrender to the Father, you don't have what it takes to please God. Then you come to him for help. Now, the thing about relationship is that it changes you from inside out. Religion says, change from the outside. Isn't it? Do. You, if you do this, then you do this again, it will change you from the outside. But we have just seen it doesn't work. Relationship says, change from the inside out. Let God transform you from the inside so that you become the person you have always wanted to be and were intended to be in right relationship with God. Religion says, do. It is spelled, do. What can I do to please God? Relationship says, it's already been done. What God has already done for me, because he knew he wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it for myself. It is about becoming more than doing. Tell your neighbor, it's about becoming more than doing. Tell your other neighbor, it's a process. It's not an act. It is a... Religion does not work. Tell another neighbor, give up on religion, try relationship. Give up on religion, try relationship. That is the message today. Give up on religion, try relationship. But I know we are still asking. But Jesus didn't establish the Christian religion. Was it Jesus? Jesus didn't. You see, Jesus wasn't a Christian. God's intention through Jesus was never to establish a religion. What we did, some people, at some point, they did what Kanu did to Kenyans. They took the national flag and made it Kanu party. So if you put the flag in your house, we're in Kanu. Even when you don't, you're not Kanu. They hijacked the flag. Christians have hijacked Jesus, for real, this LGB to the, all, the whole alphabet, whatever, they have hijacked the rainbow. Isn't it? Me, I love color. There's like a rainbow dress I wear, and I'm told you can't turn up with it. I'm like, why? Yeah, you'll be told, uh, Nini, I'm like, Allah, come ask me. Then we discuss it. We... The same way the Christian religion has hijacked Jesus. We turn God's solution for all people into God's solution for those who practice Christianity. Who practice? I pray I don't lose nobody here. He can say in the south. <laughs> I Because I know it's kind of controversial. The concern is not what we are called. The concern is the restrictive religious connotations that have detracted and barred many people from the original purpose, message, and mission of Jesus. We are together. The term Christianity tends to mentally lock a person into a religious mold. 
As in, us Christians do this and don't do that. We get locked into a series of do's and don'ts and try to draw a circle on who's in and who's out. And if we really look at Jesus' lives, seriously, he was for everybody. Do you agree? I mean, he hanged out with everyone. We also try to act a certain way in order to get God to act a certain way. We have talked about this one before. We also try to act a certain way in order to get God to act a certain way. Yeah? Which is why when for many of us something goes wrong, our first question is, what have I done? Didn't I pray enough? Didn't I? Didn't I pray enough? Because you acted. You, you feel you did something. So it's ATM, God. Come on. I ticked the box. I did everything. Why are you not answering my prayers? What have I done? What else do I need to do? But we said relationship is about becoming from in out. And so to the belief, all religions are the same. Truly, it's not a myth. It is true. The intention is the same. But there's a difference. Jesus is the difference. Jesus didn't come to establish a religion called Christians, but to make a relationship with God possible for all people. You know, Saul, when he was persecuting uh, the, the people he was persecuting, he, used, he was looking for them because they were called followers of the way. There was no Christian name then. They were followers of the way. So they knew there was a way. The way to God. But they were followers of the way. That's what they were called. The followers of Jesus. So you see, being a Christ, Christ follower is not a set of procedures that can be ticked off. Even though many of us live this way. Let me say this again. What Jesus is offering, what he offers is not a list of do's and don'ts, but a relationship. It's not you reaching out to God, but God reaching out to you. It's all been something you're trying to do and become something God does in you. And it's not about doing, it's about becoming. It's about becoming the child of God, the subject of the kingdom of God, becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus. It's a place of surrender. It's a place of love. The reason we become is because when it's a relationship, you're in love with God. You love God. We all know relationship is based on love, isn't it? It's based on love. Intimacy relationship is based on love. You're intimate with God. Religion won't allow you to get to the place of intimacy because when you tick to your box, you don't get to express yourself. You don't get to sit and listen. You don't get to be real even with God. You only do one hour of prayer and you feel you tick the box because the whole movement is doing. The rest of the day you don't pray. I keep saying 4.30 is the minimum we should be praying. It's a minimum time. Give up on religion. Try. Try relationship. Now, me and Mr. Sema, we don't come to church. See you next Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> and then you do whatever you like because I'm in relationship with Jesus. That's not what we are saying. When you have truly entered a love relationship with God, you don't do things because you have to, but it's because you want to please the one you love. Do you hear me? It's because you want to please. And how you know how to please God is found in there? In the Bible, in your prayer time, you will know. Each one of us will have encounters in prayer. 
and you will know how God wants you when you to love him. You know, it is different for each one of us and the same at the same time. The kingdom of God is truly upside down. We can have such a sentence. It's different, but there, it's just experienced differently. So we are saying a love relationship with God doesn't do. It's not about doing. But if you want to please God, because you have understood you're in relationship with him, your prayer time, your word allows you to really get in touch with God. That's your motivation for coming to church. Because you know he has said in his word, don't give up fellowship, right? Don't give up gathering together. You also want to be with other believers to celebrate. Sunday is a celebration of the week. There's teaching, but most so there's a celebration. Amen? Give up on religion and try. Try relationship. As I conclude, I hope this is the only conclude. <laughs> one. We'll count. Joanne is here, one. As I conclude, the question about what happens to those who don't know Jesus. We also don't want to leave you guys hanging. What happens to those who don't know Jesus? It's always out there. Yesterday we were in a conversation with Pasanji and with Jackie leaving the prayer time. And we're like, so the traditional people, the, our ancestors, wako, what happens? They now heard of Jesus. Do you guys ever wonder what happens to them? I want to ask Chris. I know Chris has an answer. I may someone believe and I educate. But do you guys wonder? Me, I wonder. I'm not sure I have an answer fully. People don't, don't wonder about these things when you think about the Bible. Let me tell you. For those who wonder, what happens to those who don't know Jesus, who never heard of Jesus? I believe truly this is one of the mysteries of who God is. I don't know whether we'll fully grasp it or fully have an answer to it. But this is what we can draw from the word. John 14, 6, 7 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except I am. Romans 10, 6, 12, 6 to 12 says, it's a long read, but let me read it. But the righteous based on faith which produces a right relationship with him, says the following, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead as if we had to be saved by our own efforts doing the impossible. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word the message, the basis of faith which we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is, being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin, and made acceptable to God. And with a mouth he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. We have understood. This is the way to a restoration with? The same Bible teaches us. The same Bible. I dare tell you there is no straight answer. And there is a mystery. But I'll get to the point. God is God of all people. It's in Psalms. He says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in. So what all all? He's not the God of the Christians, but the God of all the earth. The other thing the word of God says, though like we can consider is that there were people in heaven made right with God who never heard of the name Jesus. Old Testament. Abe, Noah, Rahab. See, we believe they're in heaven. See, they were followers of God. 
Because nobody will be in heaven because they worked hard and lived a good life. But because of God's gift of forgiveness assessed by faith. I see clear that God doesn't show partiality. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. I don't know how God will deal with those who have never heard of Jesus. But I humbly seek in God. But the confidence we have is that everyone has an opportunity to choose a life with God or a life of self-effort. Or a life of? The other thing that the word of God tells us is God cannot be unfair. He looks at the heart and won't judge unfairly because of lack of knowledge or cultural religious understanding. Because in Matthew 7, Jesus talked about how surprised people will be when all is said and done. When all is said then, who will be surprised? Who are you sitting there saying that one will never see heaven? Who have you judged? Any upper may judge Kanye West. Who have you judged? <laughs> but the word of God says, Who shall be surprised? Thank God we are not God. David was right. Let me go at the masses of God because they are human beings. Tanimaliza. We can't judge or play judge because God is fair. God is merciful. Do you know God is merciful? We know that for a fact. Then God wants people to find confident assurance that they are right with him, so he sent Christ. So even sending Christ was a confident assurance for us. First John says, I write this to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Jesus came just even to confirm that you have eternal life. So God wants to give you what religion cannot. The certainty that you're in correct relationship with him and it's something you can't earn. He had already done it for? He's already done it for us. Now while the truth is that the difference in all these religions is who? Is Jesus. That's the difference. So the most important question is, what about other religions? What will I do with the truth of Jesus now that I have had? You see, for you, you have had. For you, as a believer of Jesus Christ, am I open enough to honestly consider Jesus' claims to be the way to God? No matter what my background, what you have done, where you are coming from, the people you are surrounded with, am I willing to seek and pursue to understand what a relationship with God is? To the point of you don't get shaken. I said we have Mizizi going. For the ones who haven't done Mizizi, it's truly a great place to start. And I think at the back there, GOS can sign you up for the next season of Mizizi. If you haven't done, just to help you, just to say, this relationship story is what? Because I do feel I'm doing the right things. But they look like there's more in terms of relationship. Remember, give up on religion and try. One of the things I loved about this word today, this sermon today, is that it should help us not to get caught up in the noise that is religion. It should help us not get caught up on there because there's a lot of noise. It will help you break the noise that surrounds what is the true faith. You ground yourself in a relationship with God. Understand the other people are also looking for Nini. You speak Jesus and don't get caught up in there. In the noise, in the arguments. These arguments do not serve your growth. Can I say that? They do not serve your relationship with God. I know in the first sermon we said we are at war. But this war also comes with you being the light. Not the one who causes offense right, left, and center. In the name of it allows you to be the light in a dark conversation. So you stop focusing on the darkness, on what everyone else is seeing. Speak your truth and calmly stay in peace. Amen? 
Let your life be the one who speaks. This someone basically that's what's strain. As you chase a relationship, as you seek it, as you desire to be in relationship with God. In fact, even today when you say, I don't even understand what Pastor Jid is saying, this relationship. And let me tell you, like every relationship, a relationship with God matures. It gets sweeter and sweeter. It matures. And I know the word of God uses marriage as one way to express it. There's, no reason, there's a reason why they use that. Because, I mean, Adam and Eve was it. And if you look at those stories of marriage, couples have been married 50, whatever years, you know, there's a deepness that comes with people who have cultivated the relationship. Ask the Lord, how should I cultivate this relationship? Today I have prayed for us, and I said, prayer is one way. Tell the Lord, I only do one hour. Lord, help me. Because he has said he's already done it. So we are the ones to ask him to help us. Help me to do two hours. So you said they spent a whole day in a prayer meeting. And confess. By three, I was tired. I was literally sitting, trying to hide from Pastor Angie Murenga because she was leading before she calls me out. Hamuku. No, you don't want to look like Sasa Nimekuja Kanisa Kulala. But it was. But then I was, we we're not going to leave. We we're like, you just need a few minutes to sit. Then, rise. you know, strengthen yourself. Tell the Lord, strengthen me then. Desire to fast more than three days, make it seven days, 40 days. Ask the Lord, what is my growth area to grow this relationship? I know I'm in relationship with you. The first point of an encounter with God in terms of relationship is salvation, right? So you're already in a relationship. You've already invited and accepted the gift that is offered you. Now ask God, you've already done it. Allow your relationship with God to be the billboard, the testimony. Note your words. Don't fight. Sincerely after this sermon, don't get into those arguments. Save the noise. Speak your truth because we have been called to be bold and courageous. Amen? As children of the high, then rest. Don't judge. Let the word of God do the work. Let your life be a living billboard. That for real, Jesus is it. Jesus is the way. Jesus is? So wage war differently in this kingdom of God. Wage war by being the light. Knowing that while all religions are seeking the same thing, the difference is Jesus. And Jesus is available for everybody. You speak your truth. Amen? Amen? Speak your truth. I want us to pray. Ask the Lord. If you need to say, Lord, okay. The first place even I hear the Lord saying is that there are some of us who need to ask the Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Because the empowerment to live in this kingdom. Tell the Lord if there's anything in me that stifles the move of the Holy Spirit because I'm caught up in religious activity. Father, would you help me? Give me discernment, give me the strength. Confess, Lord, I desire to be in relationship with you. Father, I know I'm in relationship with you. Take me deeper. Take me deeper. Let my relationship with me be with the loudest before even I speak. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Papa, we come before you. 
Saying, Father, we are surrendered to you. We are surrendered to a life of relationship with you. We are surrendered, O Jehovah God, to be changed from within. Father, we confess where we have made it about religiosity. But Father, we want to come to a place we are saying, grow us, Father. Mature us in this relationship. Father, I pray for everyone who is seeking a move of their Holy Spirit in their lives now. So that they can get the revelation of what this sermon was about. Or what it is intended to do for them. As for an outpouring of the manifestation of the power and the authority that comes with the understanding that the Holy Spirit works within me. That as I seek to be in relationship with Jesus, it is not by my strength, but he did leave a helper. He did leave a counselor. He did leave a strengthener. He left wisdom and understanding that dwells in me, that thrives in me. So Father, I pray for each one of us and for everyone who hear this word that their heart's desire is to grow in relationship. Is not to be caught up in arguments, in judgment, but instead they will have compassion. They will have empathy. They will seek to pray for everyone they know that has not encountered Jesus. That as they encounter you, Father, they will have love for others to may they also encounter the same. Father, that the joy of this church, this community, that why we come together to celebrate is because we are happy to be together in your presence. Because we know whose we are, who's with us. Not from hard work, but from a position and posture of love of our Lord and Savior, of our King, of our Jehovah. So, Father, as we think through this word in the week, as we spend time praying through this word, Holy Spirit, would you help us that it will not fall away from us, that this word will bear fruit, it will bear fruit for your glory, Jesus. It will testify for you it will testify for the kingdom and draw many others to follow Jesus, to desire to be in a relationship with Jesus. That is our prayer. So, Father, we thank you for the word. We honor you, Jehovah King. We glorify your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Sincerely, where would we be without Jesus? Where would we be, Ben, right? Where would we be? Mm, me, I'm in love with Jesus. I hear this, I talk of weddings. Me, I'm in love with Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Stand up and close the service. Amen. Encourage each other in DG. In your spaces of fellowship. Don't give up on those spaces of fellowship. Even amongst us, let me say, don't judge each other because you have different giftings and people do different things. Jesus is it, eh? Jesus is? Is it? Shout out to my DJ mate, Phyllis. Happy birthday again. I know we had a great time also on Wednesday praying as a DJ. Karunyaga is our leader. He resigned. She really prayed for us. Told you I love prayer. Are you guys praying in your DGs? Are you praying? Good stuff. You will get there? Love it. I love that. Yeah, you'll get there. The desire is there. Hey, Jesus.
Did you hear Winnie? Mm. Love it. We celebrate the DJ that has just finished. Next month, we have a fresh new DJ. Yeah, Pastor Purity's DJ is on point. They are coming to wow us. Let's put pressure. Coming to wow us. We expect new things to show us the way for the next half. Pressure. <laughs> Paris is already hiding. Paris, you'll wow us. My DG is still on the way. It is coming. We are preparing. Mm. Turn to your neighbor and say the words of the grace to them. Because of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of us be thus now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you. See you next Sunday.